Blog Talk Radio.
Shalom, shalom, shalom. Laila Tawab, which means good night or good evening in the Paleo Hebrew. I am your brother, your friend, as always, Tazapa. Uh, welcome, everybody, to the show. Welcome to another episode of Bible Talk. This is my Thursday night, uh, which is title FYI for your information. No child left behind. This is part three of the series I've been uh, started what two weeks ago, y'all. Um, we more than likely are not going to finish this up tonight uh, because um, and Mashaba, you can attest to this uh, as well as other brothers. When you sit down to start putting a class together, you pretty much have an outline of what you want to bring out what you want to go into, but as you start to put it together and you start to study and connect the precepts, then certain rabbit holes open up. And you go down those rabbit holes and you just sometimes you just never know where they're going to take you. So this is one of those classes, and um, this class really hit home for me because uh, I'm in the process of, how should I put this, of reviving, reviving my parental skills. <laughs> so it really hit home for me. Um, so um, the information I'm going to bring out, a lot of people are going to be uh, feeling some type of weight. <laughs> Don't be getting cut up, but uh, I, I assure you, y'all are not the only ones. The scriptures tell us. T- the scriptures tell us the Bible is a double-edged sword, meaning it cuts both ways. So, with that said, y'all, um, and the reason I'm bringing that out right there too is because we have a tendency, man, when things are being brought out. And it's pinpointing the things that are in us. We have a tendency to shut down, to dismiss it, to cut it off, or to get angry and not want to deal with it, man. Shame on us for that. Shame on us. This is the reason why we're in the condition that we're in now, man. The chastity of the Most High is not meant to kill us, beat us down, is to get us to change. No different than when you hear the scriptures. And you all mask up like the class was directed towards me. Or, Man, you made a whole class about me. No, y'all, that's not the case. It's not the case. But if you were affected, if you were offended, if you felt some kind of way, then it was about you. Indirectly, it was about you. I don't think that somebody just had nothing else to do with their time but to come up with a whole class just about you. <laughs> What's that damn song? Uh, I bet you think the song is about you. What's, what's the name of that? <laughs> How it go? How the song go? Dude, I bet you think the song is about you, don't you? But it was saying that the person was so, I guess, uh, narcissistic, that they thought that the song was about them, and it wasn't. But it affected them 
so much. No different than class. Descriptions affect us so much. Man, you put a whole class against me. You got something against me. And that stops you from getting the word and let it really penetrate into your spirit to where you can acknowledge, you know, that is me. I do do that. I got to stop that. It shouldn't be. Ain't talking about me. You know, it's like um, the rap songs, man, these days and past generations would always have the derogatory the, the terms and statements about women. Uh, I mean, raunchy songs, man. And women be the main ones that love these songs and be singing right along with the lyrics. And then you might pull a woman to the side and ask her, why are you singing that song? I mean, he's really degrading y'all and calling y'all out your name and, you know, making y'all look bad. And what the first, the first thing the woman tell you what? He ain't talking about me. <laughs> but the whole song is talking about B's and H's. How can we distinguish? That's his view of women. <laughs> so how is he not referring to you? He's talking about you collectively. No different than class. We'll get into that same spirit. He ain't talking about me. Them scriptures ain't talking about me. Them scriptures don't apply to me. Mm-mm, I don't do that. We get so defensive. And you never let the word penetrate into you so you might actually change. Because you think it ain't about me. <laughs> he ain't talking about me. <laughs> anyway, y'all, let me go at this, at this class, man. I want to go uh, send shouts out to uh, affiliated schools, the brothers of SOT here in San Antonio, uh, the brothers down in H-Town, stream of wisdom, uh, led by the brother Kwatizak, uh the brother Kazakia up in VA. And shouts out to uh, Zanala in Rochester. Also, shouts out to our brothers and sisters in Canada, California, Atlanta. And shouts out to Kawa Cobb down in Guatemala. And shouts out, y'all, to the 12 tribes scattered worldwide, man. To all you brothers and sisters out here, whatever camp you're affiliated with, whatever congregation or assembly, whatever you want to call it, group that you're affiliated with, man, shouts out to you. Shalom to you, brothers and sisters. Hope everybody is healthy. Hope everybody's feeling good. I apologize, y'all. I didn't get an opportunity to um, broadcast on Tuesday, Talk Fires Tuesday. Uh, we were having some issues with blog talk. The systems was down. Um, but we are back, y'all. Back in full effect. And the shaman has definitely been holding it down, man. Shouts out to you, my brother, my brother in righteousness, mighty Mustafa, man. So let's go ahead and get this cracking, y'all. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. 
So it's the prayer we need to be sending up on a daily, y'all, so we can get the hell on. What they say? I'm ready to go. Ready to go. All this craziness going on, man. A lot of excitement, man. I know y'all heard about your boy Trump. <laughs> this dude, what they they calling him? Now they calling him the Teflon Don. They saying this dude is untouchable. I I can't recall. Maybe I'm wrong. Y'all correct me if I am. Y'all do y'all research. Let me know if I'm tripping. But I've never uh, heard or remember a, a, a presidential candidate uh, being brought up on charges and actually. Uh, indicted on those charges, found guilty of those charges, having to pay restitution, still be running for office. <laughs> I ain't seen that one. <laughs> I ain't seen that. This dude is, uh, like, you look up the definition of gangster, it's a picture of him. It's a picture, a picture of Donald, what is it, J. Trump? It's a picture of him, man. This dude, so he's running for president. He's got to pay, like, I think it's like five mil, half a billion or something like that, to uh, back to the state of New York for uh, his fraudulent tax deeds and uh, fake uh, financial claims and all this other stuff. And then in the middle of this, he he does what? A gangster move. He comes out with his own tennis shoe. <laughs> and he comes out. With his own tennis shoe, right? He, he, oh yeah, he is his partner though. They are, they are in cahoots. Comes out with a tennis shoe, and I heard they was selling for like four hundred a pair. <laughs> then I heard he got a cologne out that selling for like a C note, sells for like a hundo. <laughs> and I was listening to NPR. They was talking about how uh, his campaign is stretched thin because. They they spent eighty million dollars so far in just legal fees, and that ain't from this year. That's from the previous years and all the other charges that he's been brought up on. <laughs> Gangster. <laughs> That's what I say, man. We got to send this prayer up so we get the hell on, man. These people is is uh, tele televising their gangster. <laughs> they've been they've been doing it though. Anyway, uh, Psalms one eighteen. Verse 24, this is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Good or bad, happy or sad, the most high brought you to it, he'll bring you through it, and you'll come out better on the other side because of it, y'all. Please believe me. I know that's a hard saying, man, and we just like, how can you just go through this stuff? And, <laughs> it's the day the Lord made. The, the most high ain't going to give us more than we can handle, man. Like I said, um, he, he, you don't be cheerful when you're going through it. I'm going to tell you that. But you do come out better on the other side, man, and you feel a sense of accomplishment. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful, and there's, no, there's not a more powerful feeling in the world than knowing that the most high got your back, man, and he opened things up for you that you just didn't see coming. And all you had to do was keep applying his word. All right. Anyway, y'all, uh, let's go ahead and get to the class. So last week, y'all, and what we covered so far in the class is 
just doing a little um, catch up, little uh, review. So what we're going over is how our children were always taught the law, statutes, and commandments of the Most High. Um, but in certain cases, we we will forget to teach things. We for, we will forget to implement things, um, and then the next generation will forget those things, and we would end up in the same situation we was in before, which would always lead to captivity. So what I'm trying to bring out and uh, edify everybody on is that this is why we kept going, and this is why we keep going into captivities because. We're not educating our children properly in the ways in the word of the Most High, man. So what we went over was how uh, last episode is how we would actually have schools set up in which children would learn the words of the Most High. And we went over last week how in Second Maccabees, um, the the lady, the, the sister, the mother, who had the seven boys, talked about how. Um, she nourished them, and she had to deal with the troubles of education. And this was what he was saying to her son before he met his demise. Uh, he was killed by Antiochus Epiphanes uh, during the time of the Maccabees. But her son also went on and said that he would rather keep the commandments of Moses than to break the holy law because Antiochus was trying to get him to eat pork. All right, so, and then we went over how Paul was educated uh, by uh, Gamiel. He said he learned at the, at, the, at the feet of him. So let's pick back up there now. This is a good place to pick up. Let's go to Acts 22 and 3. Acts 22 and 3. All right, it says, uh, Acts chapter 22, verse 3. I am verily a man which am a Jew, Paul speaking, born in Tarsus. Tarsus is in, in Turkey, uh, a city in uh, Sicily, yet brought up in this city at the feet of Gabriel, and taught, listen to this, according to the perfect manner of the law of the fathers, and was zealous towards God as ye are this day. So this is Paul speaking, and he's giving uh, the Hebrews, Israelites he's speaking to, a summary of his upbringing and letting them know, hey, man, look, I've been learning this since I was grass uh, knee-high. What they say, knee-high to a grasshopper? I've been learning this since then, man. But I had to be schooled. I had to be taught. He didn't teach himself. He's letting everybody know he had to be taught. Now, find out who Gamiel was. So uh, let's go to Acts chapter 5, and we're going to start at verse 34. It says, Then stood there one one in the council, a Pharisee named Gamiel. So Gamiel was a Pharisee. Now listen to this. A doctor of the law had in reputation among all people and commanded to put the apostles forth a little space. So it says that Gamiel was a doctor of the law. What does that mean? 
Because, you know, we heard of doctors this day and age, and we automatically think of the medical profession. Or we think of somebody, uh, college basically became a, co- a collegiate uh, lifelong student and got what they know as uh, what we call a doctoral degree. Well, this is what Gamiel was. I'm going to read it to you. It says, doctor, and this is from the Zonovan Compact Bible Dictionary. Doctor, it's the first thing it says, teacher. Teacher, usually rendered master or teacher, whether referring to Jesus or other teachers. So, uh, Gamiel was a master teacher, or uh, what? Or what the Bible calls a doctor. He was very proficient in the law. He would be what you call this dead age an expert of the law. But this is who brought Paul up. Paul didn't bring himself up. Paul didn't teach himself. He got taught. Now let's get uh, Jeremiah chapter three, verse fourteen. And I know this is very contrary to uh, what's going on this day and time in Israel because what's going on now is you get these young brothers, they watch a couple of YouTube classes, or they might sit and they might. I'm, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. They might sit in somebody's classroom a couple of times, get a little information, and then now they're, they're somebody's elder. Now, they, now they're leading men. Now they got a whole camp. And because they didn't get taught properly, they out wilding out, doing all kind of uh, crazy stuff, basically young nigga stuff in the truth, and calling themselves Israelites. And indirectly giving the rest of Israel a bad name. Because why? They weren't properly taught, man. They weren't properly nourished and brought up. In this knowledge, in this thing we call the truth, man. Uh, let's get uh, uh, Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 14. Now, listen to this. Turn, O backsliding children, said the Lord, for I am married unto you, and I will take you, one of a city, and two of a family, and I will bring you to Zion. Excuse me. Now, this is the verse I want to key in, verse 15. And I will give you past. According to my heart Now a pastor is basically a teacher, y'all So the most I say I'm going to give you teachers according to my heart According to my mind Not according to theirs According to mine It says, which shall feed you with knowledge and with understanding And this is how it's always been throughout Israel, man A brother, an elder brother has always taught a younger brother that's the way it's always been. Now let's get uh, Galatians chapter four and verse one. Nobody, no one teaches themselves, man. <laughs> Contrary to popular belief, no one teaches themselves. Galatians chapter four, and I'm gonna say this too, man. I don't care how long you've been in the truth or what breakdowns you already have or how long you've been taught or studying. You can always be taught because none of us have this whole book. All of us have been blessed with uh, different gifts. So I might see one scripture uh, a certain way, not saying that I'm making anything up with a breakdown of the scripture, but I might be able to pull certain things out of it. But then 
Mashiach will uh, get that same scripture and he'll pull even more things out of it. And then maybe someone else will get that same scripture and pull more things out of it. And I'm saying all this, man, because you're never too old or never been in this truth. You're tender. It's never so great that you can't be taught, that you can't learn. All right, let's get uh, Galatians 4 and verse 1, and it reads, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, listen to this, differ nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all. So even though you're a child, you, you don't even differ from a servant. You still have to get taught. It says, but if under tutors, listen to this, but it's under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. So you have to be taught, you have to be under somebody's tutelage until you're able to go out and now teach other people, man. But this is the thing that brothers not are not allowing themselves to do, and they really don't understand the disservice they're doing to themselves and not doing so, man. I remember coming in as a young brother. I soaked everything up, man. My first teacher was Mashaba. And, man, I tell you, them, uh, them, them late nights, I'm going to say late, early mornings, really, because I'd get to the school by 7, and we wouldn't leave. Man, we wouldn't leave sometime like 12, 12 o'clock, 1230. I'll be getting as much information, as much as the book as I can, man, soaking it up. But anyway, he was my first teacher, but that's not to say I didn't learn from other brothers because there were other brothers that was there. Badabad was the second teacher that I that I uh, encountered, and Badabad uh, poured a lot into me. I learned a lot from Badabad, specifically counseling, man. Brothers are excellent counselors, uh, as well as Shamshawan. Shamshawan uh, was the man that was over me. I, I worked a lot with Shamshawan hand-in-hand uh, and learned a lot from the brother Shamshawan. Great teacher, uh, great counselor, um, a great brother to push you behind your limits. I learned a lot of uh, mental toughness from Shamshawan. Um and then uh, who else was the brother? Um, I did sit in the wars classes, and the wars an excellent counsel, counselor as well. But I didn't really work uh, close with the war, but I still learned some things from him. Uh, who else? Who else? Uh, the brother, uh, he's not with us anymore, well, with his camp anymore. Uh, the brother Yasha Allah learned a lot from him. Um, he got me to come out of myself a lot, a lot, man. So, and he was like um, the brother when the scripture says I became all things to all men, so I may help save some of them. I automatically think of Yasha Allah because that was him, man. He will become whatever he needed to become, man. So much so that, and he's from the tribe of Issachar, so-called Mexican man. But we would go like when we worked the fairs and stuff. Everybody would gravitate to him, and people would be scratching their head, especially black people. Tribal Judah would be scratching their head trying to figure Yashal out, man. 
because he, he would roll like a nigga sometimes. <laughs> but then you catch him on the flip side, and then he, he'll be uh, speaking Spanish, you know, uh, relating to uh, his people, the nine and a half. And then you catch him on the other flip side, and he listening to damn heavy metal. <laughs> Very dynamic brother. But my point of bringing all of this out, man, is I learned from all of these brothers, man, and add it to my talents. And that's the way it's supposed to be. Going back to what I was initially saying, man, these brothers that want to teach themselves and they don't want to be an under man and their pride bucks up, you're really doing yourself a disservice because you could be soaking up and learning so many things from these brothers. But this is why the scripture says, uh, read it again. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differ nothing from a teacher. Uh, no, I'm sorry, no, no, differ, differ nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. And they and people be thinking that okay, these men raised me up. No, these men raised you up because they saw that you were ready. They saw that you were ready. The most high revealed it to these men through your actions that you were ready, and that's why you got raised up. These men didn't raise you up. The most high did that. We got to remember that, y'all. All right, let's go to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 15. And I know I'm talking about brothers, but this applies to you sisters too, man. You sisters uh New, coming into the truth, or even if you ain't new, man, get around other sisters that are spiritual. And when I say spiritual, get around those sisters that are reading chapters a day. Get around those sisters that instead of uh, being on social media and wasting their damn brain cells watching uh, TV all damn day, get, get with those sisters that are watching some classes. And I ain't talking about just classes from whatever camp they are. They just watching other classes uh, of substance, and they're just soaking up the knowledge, man. Get with those sisters. If you find a sister that uh, is very disciplined, get with that sister and let, let her teach you how to be disciplined. If you're unorganized and you, you like that, get with a sister that's organized and let her teach you how to be organized. If you have a problem keeping a schedule or you ain't the most clean person, you you a damn uh, a clutter uh, um, a hoarder Get with a sister that ain't So you can learn not to do that That's what we're here for man To teach each other To sponge off of each other Deuteronomy 32 and verse 15 I'm sorry Yes 32 15 and it reads But Jeshawan Wax fat and kick Yes and one means upright, man. That's what the most I would refer to us when we're upright, y'all. Thou art waxing fat, thou art grown thick, thou art covered with fatness. Then he forsook, listen to this, then he forsook God which made him and lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. Now, the reason I'm going over this reading, and this stems from what we talked about uh, being on the tools and governors and whatnot, you get to a point where you can't be told nothing, man. This is what say you wax fat and kick. Like the scriptures tell us, knowledge puff it up, where you can't be told nothing. And, you know, children get to that same point, man. 
And when they get to that point, they got to be smashed. They got to be brought back down. And the Most High does this. He does it himself. He does it by, by using men and using people in your life to do this. But we can't get so high up to where we think we can't be told nothing or we can't be dealt with anymore. Because you know what happens? The Most High won't deal with you no more. He won't. Let's get Hosea chapter 4. You know what they call it too, and they use this term a lot, a lot with older people. They say, "Well, he's setting his ways, or she's setting her ways." All that means is you've got comfortable being the way you are. That's all that means. You don't want to change. And we're gonna get into that the second half of the class. If you don't want to change, man, and that means you're not moldable. You're not moldable. And we're going to get into how um, essential it is to be moldable when it comes to dealing with the most high. All right, uh, Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. What lack of knowledge are we destroyed from? We're destroyed uh, for the lack of knowledge that <laughs> we can't just get comfortable. We can't just be unmoldable. We can't just stop learning. We can't think we're beyond getting checked. This is the knowledge we get destroyed for. We get all puffed up with our pride. It says, because I have rejected knowledge, now listen to this, I will also reject thee. And because we we can't soak anything up anymore, we're not receptacle uh, to anything, receptive to anything anymore, and the Most High says, he rejects us. He ain't going to deal with us. It says that thou, thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgot the law of, the, of thy God, I will also forget thy children. The Most High said, I'm not going to work with you no more. I'm going to reject you. And you know what? I'm going to reject your children also. Listen to this, man. When the Most High sees that he can't work with us, <laughs> he's not going to work with our children either. I, I, don't, I don't think y'all get this. I don't think y'all see this. He sees that he can't work with us. He turns his back on us. Then he turns his back on our children. So our actions what we do as grown folk, reflect on our children. I, I hope y'all seeing it. The Most High will use our children to get our attention. It's like some. It's like you you uh, you in a deep sleep, and you just can't wake up, and somebody's shaking the hell out of you. This is how the Most High be doing us, trying to get our attention. But we have our heads in the clouds and so set in our ways, we ain't trying to see it. Let's go to Second Chronicles chapter 34. <clears throat> and we're going to start at verse 8. We're going to read quite a bit of this. Uh, 
Yeah, y'all got me this evening. My my reader is still working on dinner. She will be with us shortly. Don't know where my other readers went. I think I'll be out at the gym, right? All right, y'all. So we're in Second Chronicles thirty-four and eight. Now, in the eighteenth year of the of his reign, hers the land and the house, he sent Sephar, Sephron, the son of Azalaah and Maaseah, the governor of the city, and Joah, the son of Joahaz, the recorder, to repair the house of the Lord his God. So this is uh, the reign of Josiah. This is the reign of Josiah. Josiah sent these brothers um, to repair the house of the Lord, to, so, to repair the temple, verse 9. And when they came to Hilkiah, the high priest, they delivered the money that was brought unto the house of, the, of God, which the Levites, the doors, had gathered of the hand of Manasseh, or Manasseh and Ephraim. And of all the remnant of Israel, and of and of all Judah and Benjamin, and they returned to Jerusalem. Verse ten, and they put it in the hand of the workmen that had the oversight of the house of the Lord, and they gave it to the workmen that wrought in the house of the Lord to repair and amend the house, even to the the artifit the artificers and builders gave gave they it. To buy used stone and timber for coupling, and to the floor of the houses which the kings of Judah had destroyed. And the men did the work faithfully, and the overseers of them were Jehoph. And listen to verse 11. I'm sorry, I just read right over that. But it says that, it says, even the artificers, the artificers and builders gave they it to buy used stone and timber for couplings and to the floor and to the floor of the houses uh, which the kings of Judah had destroyed. So our own kings had destroyed. This is talking about the first temple. Our own kings had destroyed the first temple. Our own kings. Yeah, I'm gonna go back and read it. We had groves and stuff all up in the temple. We had uh, statues, idolatrous statues all up in the temples. So this is Josiah coming back. And he's cleaning the house, basically. Verse 12. And the men did the work faithfully, and the overseers of them were Jehoth and Obadiah, the Levites, of the sons of Mirari and Zechariah and Mishalam of the sons of Kohat, of the sons of the Kohadites, to set and forward and of the other of the Levites, all that could skill of instruments of music. Also, they were over the bearers of burdens and were overseers of all that wrought the work in any manner of service, and of the Levites, scribes and officers and potters. And when they brought out the money that was brought into the house of the Lord, Hilkiah the priest found a book of the law of the Lord given by Moses. All right. <laughs> so listen to this. 
they're cleaning everything up, getting all this all the defiled stuff out, and the priest runs across. It says, "A book of the law of the Lord given by Moses." So he ran across the Torah. <laughs> How is it he just ran across the Torah in the temple, and it was hid? Under all this stuff that was in there, all the groves and the floor was all jacked up. These idols that was idols that was in there, the Torah was hid in there. So you got to ask yourself, what the hell was we doing before the book was found? Before the Torah was found, what was we doing? Was we just winging it? <laughs> Y'all see this, right? But this is how we be when we don't teach our children. The Bible is here from them, and they can't find it. They have no guide. They have no direction. Listen to this. And Hilkiah answered and said to Safan, the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah delivered the book to Siphon. And Siphon carried the book to the king and brought the king word back again, saying, All that was committed to thy servants, they do it. And they have gathered together the money that was found in the house of the Lord and have delivered it into the hand of the overseers and to the hand of the workmen. Then Siphon, the scribe, told the king, saying, Hilkiah, the priest, has given me a book. And Safan read it before the king. He didn't even say <laughs> the Torah, the book of the Lord. He said, man, I got a book. I got a book. It says, and he started to read it, verse 19. And it came to pass, when the king had heard the words of the law, that he rent his clothes. Now listen to this. We've been operating all this time <laughs> without any instruction. And the book is where it's supposed to be. It was in the temple, but it was hid. Like I said, winging it. You know, no different than all of us was before we got the book. We was doing what with our lives? Winging it. <laughs> Even if you was going to church, because we already know that pagan Christianity ain't going to teach you nothing about how to be a pagan. It's going to teach you a bunch of religion. And they, they be winging it too. So what we've been doing this whole time So we actually picked up the, the book And it got taught to us For the book that it is The word of the most high Without somebody's interpretation or opinion Before we got it We was winging it And look how many mistakes we made Look how many times we bumped our heads Look how many broken hearts we didn't have Look how many split up families We've been part of so just imagine what our people was doing back then. You wonder why you have to clean the temple up from all this idolatrous behavior? Because <laughs> the book was lost. They was just operating, doing what they felt, doing ha halfway doing the stuff that was uh, handed down by mouth verbally. Because <laughs> you know how we good for that too in our family. We'll hand our little superstitions down to the next generation. And y'all know I ain't lying. 
Where y'all think y'all get that mess from? You sweep over somebody's feet? Let me spit on that broom. Step on the crack, you're breaking mama's back. Oh, don't let don't let don't let no woman be the first woman to enter your house on New Year's Day. Y'all heard of that one? <laughs> What's that? Uh, you break a mirror in seven years, bad luck. All the superstitions in the world be handed down verbally. This is what was going on then, man, because we didn't have, like I said, an instruction manual, the Bible. All right, going back to it, y'all. We're in Second Kings chapter 34, verse 19. And it came to pass when the king had heard the words of the law that he rent his clothes. And the king commanded Hilkiah and Ahakam, the son of Saphon, and Abdon, the son of Nikah, and Saphon, the scribe, and Asaiah, a servant of the king, saying, Go, inquire of the Lord for me, and for them that are left in Israel and in Judah, concerning the words of the book that is found. For great is the wrath of the Lord poured out upon us, because our fathers, listen to this, have not kept the word of the Lord to do after all that is written in the book. Listen to what he's saying, man. Our fathers didn't keep the word. They didn't keep the word, and the word was what? To teach us. He's seeing this is why the brother tore his clothes up. He's like, man, we've been tripping. And, and you know what else he saw? He seen the judgment that the Most High was about to uh, let loose on the southern kingdom. He read it in the book. I'm going to prove it. I'm going to keep reading verse 22. And Hekiah and they that the king had appointed went to Hadad, the, pro- the prophetess, Shalom, the son of Tikvah, the son of Hashrah, keeper of the wardrobe. Now she dwelt in Jerusalem in the college, and they spake to her to that effect. And she answered them, Thus said the Lord God of Israel, Tell me, I'm sorry, tell ye the man that sent you to me. Now listen, things is this bad. Things is this bad. They had to go to a woman prophetess to get what the book was saying. To get further comprehension of what the book was saying. So was we, was we at this time, man. How off was we? Verse 24. Thus said the Lord, Behold, I will bring evil upon this place and upon the inhabitants thereof, even all the curses that are written in the book, which they have read before the king of Judah. So she's confirming it. He read it. It's saying what it's saying. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all about to get this work. Verse 25. Because they have forsaken me and have burned incense unto other gods, that they might provoke me to anger with all the works of their hands. Therefore, my wrath shall be poured out upon this place and shall not be quenched. Most times, like, it's going to happen. I'm not going to be satisfied. I'm about to wreak terror on y'all. Verse 26, and as for the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of the Lord, 
So he says, as for um, Josiah, who seats you over here, to find out if he, what he was reading was what he was reading, so shall ye say unto him, Thus said the Lord God of Israel, concerning the words which thou hast heard, because thy heart was tender, and thou didst, listen to this, man. Whew. Let me read this again from the top. I'm at verse 27, y'all. Because thy heart was tender, and thou didst humble thyself before God, listen to this. When thou hearest his words against this place and against the inhabitants thereof, and humbled it thyself before me, and didst rend thy clothes and wept before me. So the Most High is recognizing Josiah's humility. First and foremost, then he recognizes his what? His sincerity and his compassion for his people. Now listen, because he demonstrated humility, sincerity, and compassion, the Most High said this, I have even heard thee also, said the Lord. Behold, I will gather thee to thy fathers, and thou shalt be gathered to thy grave in peace. So he's like, you still going to die. He says, neither shall thy eyes see all the evil, but this is what he spared them from. He said, you ain't going to see all the evil that's going to happen. I'm going to let you die before it happens. The southern kingdom being being murked, being took out, done the way that they got done, I ain't, I'm going to spare you from seeing that. Read it on. It says that I will bring upon this place and upon the habitations of the, of the same. So they brought the king word again. Verse 29. Oh, I just only wanted to read 28. But look how the book, the word of the Most High, was actually lost. It was lost. And look at the consequences of the Most High not being taught, of our people not having an instruction manual, not knowing what to do. It brought on destruction. But remember what the Most High said in Hosea. He said, because we have rejected knowledge, he said he will reject us and also who? The next generation, our children, man. We got to take this to heart. We just read an example of it. Now let's get Isaiah chapter 30, and we're going to read verse 20. And it reads, and though the Lord, now listen to this. This is the mercy of the Most High right here, man. This one always gets me. And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet shall not thy teachers be removed into a corner anymore, but thy eyes shall see thy teachers. And this is what you have to love about the Most High. The Most High always gives us a way back. He always gives us breadcrumbs, man, to remember the trail, to find him again. He always does. Even with the story we just read about Josiah and the priest finding the book, that wasn't a coincidence that that happened. That was meant to happen, but that's the mercy of the Most High. Him giving us a way back to him. And then he went so far as to tell Josiah, man, look, 
because you show humility, sincerity, and compassion, I'm not going to let you see the destruction. Read this again, Isaiah 30 and 20. And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet shall not thy teachers be removed to a corner anymore, but thy eyes shall see thy teachers. No different than now, man. Where's the truth not being taught? We all have access to the truth. So you know what that means? There is no excuse. Ain't no excuses, man. You can try to come up with anything. I couldn't make it to class. Well, even if you couldn't make it to class, you could still pop on the online on the internet and get class. Let's say ain't no camp in your city. You can still pop on the internet and get class. The Most High has made his word so available, so available. There is no excuse. Well, I didn't know. Nah, player. Mm-mm. That's what kids say, right? I, well, I, I, I didn't know. And we call kids on their BS too. We should be calling ourselves on the same BS. The Bible's an open book test. I don't know is not an answer. It's an open book test. If you didn't know, you should have you should have researched it. You should have studied. You should have went back. No excuses. Verse twenty one. And my ears shall hear a word behind thee. Listen to this. Your ears gonna hear a word behind thee. Why is the word coming from behind you? <laughs> Because you're going the wrong damn way. You're doing, a, you're doing things the wrong way. And that that voice you're going to hear, that's the teacher giving you the words of the Most High, telling you, no, nah, I don't do it like that. No, nah, sis, the scriptures don't say that. The scriptures say you're supposed to do this. The scriptures say you're supposed to lock in, sis. The scriptures say that you're supposed to be an example for your daughter. The scriptures say you're supposed to do with your son like this. I saying, this is the way. Walk ye in it. When you turn to the right hand, turn to the left, man. There is no excuse, y'all. Well, I I really don't know um, how to raise girls. I I'm a boy type of dad. It's in the Bible. <laughs> it's in the scriptures. It tells you right there. There are countless scriptures over how to raise a girl, how to deal with your daughter. Hell, to be, I ain't going to say, I don't want this took in the wrong way. How you deal with your woman? How you deal with your woman? And I'm not talking about intimately. That's why I said I don't want this to be taken the wrong way. Deal with your daughter the same way you would deal with your wife, just without the intimacy. Y'all know what I'm talking about. But as a husband, don't you guide your wife in the right direction by using the scriptures? Don't you show her how she's off by using the scriptures? Don't you correct her? Don't you show her what she should be doing, how a wife is really supposed to operate in the scriptures? Daughter's the same way. Deal with your daughter the same way. There's no excuses, y'all. 
The Most High took away the excuses when he gave us the, the instruction manual. Let's get Colossians. Chapter 1. And you know the main indicator they can tell you as a parent when you're doing things wrong? If you had a child before you got the knowledge of the truth. <laughs> That's the indicator to show you that you was doing things wrong. Because of all the mistakes you made raising that child without the Bible. And it's manifest by the finished product. You know, but what do we do? Oh, that's a sore spot. That's a sore topic. We want to get upset. How can you say that? Why you always bring that up? <coughs> the most high always bring, brings that up. The most high always. Matter of fact, I have no intention of going here. Let me get this real quick. <clears throat> Hold on, I'm looking for a scripture. Here it is. Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 4, verse 6. For children, listen to this, be gotten of unlawful beds. Of unlawful bed, meaning what? When I had these kids, <laughs> I wasn't teaching the law. I didn't know the law. I wasn't walking in the law. Or I'm in the law, but I ain't walking in it. But as the example I'm bringing out, before we came into the knowledge of the truth, we raised children without what? Without the law. So listen to this. For children begot of unlawful beds, meaning the most high didn't put it together, he had nothing to do with it, you were not in the law, you wasn't trying to live righteously, none of that. But you had kids. Now listen to this. Or witnesses of wickedness against their parents in their trial. <laughs> what does that mean? You can look at the finished product with the child, and you can see that the parent made a whole lot of mistakes, that the parent went about it all wrong. And if you didn't, if you're a person that ain't got the Bible, then they should be able to follow that same child home that's all jacked up and meet you and you act the exact same way as the child because where he got it from. Now, there's supposed to be people without the knowledge. But if you got the knowledge and they see that child that you raised without the knowledge and then they meet you, they're supposed to be like, man, are you sure that's your kid? <laughs> he don't act like you. Why he like this and you like this? Then you can, un you can explain, well, you know what? I raised him. I ain't had a Bible. But then I got the Bible and I changed. I hate I didn't get it sooner, so I could have poured the Bible into him. That's the way it's supposed to be. But too many of us in the truth, we're still trying to do the same thing we did without the Bible 
with the Bible. Ain't that insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting a different outcome. And I'm a, I, I don't want to spoil it. I'm gonna get, definitely get to that part of the class, man. Many of us want our children to be just like us. And when I say us, I'm talking about the worldly us. Yeah. You want the child to be just like you and go through all the crap you went through. Why would you want that for your child? You shouldn't want your child to have those same experience of heartache, failure, disappointment, and wounds that you still suffer with. Those wounds and those things that are in you that you still battle with, but you want your child to go through the exact same thing. What's wrong with you, man? Where we at, man? Colossians chapter 1, verse 25. Wherefore, I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God. The word dispensation means to dismiss, means to dispense. And it says a minister. minister. The word minister means servant. So he says, therefore, I'm made a servant according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you. What does the most high dispense to us? His word. His word. And we're supposed to be dispensing his word to others to the generations behind us. It says, to fulfill the word of God, even the mystery which had been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. Like I was saying earlier, the most I always find finds a way to lead us back to him. He always leaves us those breadcrumbs. What verse we in? Verse 27. To whom God would make known what is the richest man say I don't want twenty seven. Yeah, I just wanted twenty six. Twenty five and twenty six. Which states that the mystery, the mystery of how to live your life, how to put a house in order, how to raise your children, is now being revealed, man. It's now being revealed to the saints who are the saints. You can see Psalms uh, 148, verse 13 and 14 for that. We ain't going to go there. But the saints were the Israelites, y'all. But my point is the Most High always leaves us leaves us a breadcrumb back to him. Let's get Jude chapter 1 and verse 5. <clears throat> Jude chapter 1, verse 5, and it reads, I will therefore... Put you in remembrance, though ye once knew this. <laughs> Listen to what the brother's saying. I'm going to read it again. I will therefore put you in remembrance. So he said, man, I'm going to refresh your memory. I'm going to jog your memory. Though ye once knew this, we once knew this, y'all. Once upon a time, we knew the ways of the Most High. That's why. When a lot of us come in and we start learning about the ways of the Most High, a lot of this stuff just comes normal and natural to us. 
Because our spirit, the peace of our spirit, remember this. Our memories is being refreshed. Because remember, through reincarnation, we've been here before. Isn't you see a lot of brothers and sisters talk about uh, what's, what they call deja vu. It just means that you've been here before. That's Your spirit's been here before. So a lot of these things, oh, man, sounds familiar for you. Uh, sounds familiar to you. A lot of these things come as second nature. It's not odd. It just comes as second nature to you. That's why the script says, I'm going to read this again. Jude chapter 1, verse 5. I will therefore put you in remembrance, though ye once knew. <clears throat> we once knew these things. It says, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterwards destroyed them that uh, believed not. Once upon a time, we knew these things. But through our comfortableness, through our waxing fat, through our laziness, we wouldn't teach the prior generation. So the prior generation or the, the generation after us would forget it. And then what would happen? They would have to get their minds renewed, their memories refreshed on what we used to do, how we used to live, how we used to deal with children, how we used to rear children, how we put a family together. That's where we are now. Our minds are being refreshed. Let's get St. John chapter 14, verse 26. St. John chapter 14, verse 26. Now listen to this. This is what Christ is saying. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, and if you've been in any baptism class, you know that the Comforter is, in fact, the Bible. It's the book. And another word for the Comforter is Holy Ghost. And read this again, St. John 14, 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. Now, what, now how do we know it's the Bible? Listen to this part. He shall teach you all things. What is this comforter of Holy Ghost going to do? Teach us all things. What does the Bible do? Teach us all things. It teaches us how to live. It teaches us how to deal with one another. It even teaches us about death, how to handle the dead, how to handle the loss of a loved one. It teaches us all of that. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. What does the Bible do? It helps refresh our memories. Man, like like I said in Jude, we once knew these things. But through the generations, we let it go. We didn't teach. And then we'd be wondering why the generation behind us is weaker. And we always be complaining too, man, this this generation. Every generation does that. Now, I don't know about y'all generation. I don't know about y'all generation. I don't know about y'all generation. Because I heard this when I was a kid. Man, I don't know about y'all generation. <laughs> and what are we saying now to the kids? I don't know about y'all generation. Yeah, they're different, but they still the same, y'all. They still the same as us but they have to be taught. They have to be taught so they can teach the generation behind them. 
Reading on in the scripture, it says, Whatsoever I have said unto you. And this is how you notice that the, the, the Comforter, the Holy Ghost, is in fact the Bible. Because what does the Bible do? It teaches you all things. It refreshes your memory. And it has whatever Christ taught us. So it not only contains the laws and the prophets, it has the principles of Christ in them also. The Bible does. All right, let's get Malachi chapter 3. And this is all throughout the Bible, man. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 15. And it reads, And now, we we call the... Hold on, hold on, wait a minute. Is that the right verse? Yeah, that's it, that's it. Malachi chapter 3, verse 15. And now we call the proud happy, yea, they that work wickedness or set up, yea, they that tempt God or even deliver. Now listen while I'm going to get to verse 16. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. Why would a book of remembrance be written to help us remember? So the generation that came after us would have a reference point, would have a blueprint to go back to. Just the mercy of the Most High, man. You know, verse 17, and they shall be mine, said the Lord of hosts. In that day when I make up my jewels, most I call this jewels, man, we are, and I will spread them as a man spared his own son that served him. Then shall ye return and discern between the righteous and the wicked. When is this going to happen? When we get this book of remembrance, stemming from verse 16. The book of remembrance is the Bible which helps us distinguish from what? Righteousness and wickedness between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not, man. Hope y'all are saying this. This theme is consistent all throughout the Bible, man. Us learning and relearning the Most High. The whole Bible is centered around the Most High's laws, statutes, and commandments. Now we're going to go to Malachi chapter 4. We're going to start at verse 4. Watch this. Remember ye the law of Moses, my servant, which I command you, I'm sorry, which I command him, Horeb, for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Now listen to this, verse 5. Behold, I will send you. So verse 4, he told us to remember these things, right? Now listen to what he says in verse 5. Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. So before Judgment Day, before Christ comes back, the Most High is sending us what? Another breadcrumb to lead us back to him so we might get ourselves together before Christ comes back. Hope y'all seeing this, man. This ain't religion. Religion don't teach you this stuff. 
Religion teaches you a bunch of rituals. But the most high, he teaches his people his word and our history. So we might learn from our mistakes. Like we learned hopefully tonight that we can't forget about teaching our children about the most high. So they can teach their children about the most high. So we can get the hell up out of here. Verse 6. And he shall turn the heart. So listen to what it says Elijah going to do. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children. The heart's talking about the mind. Elijah's going to teach so and refresh our memories so he got the father saying, you know what? Man, what about my kids? That's what it's talking about. Turn the heart of the father to the children to where the father starts thinking about how, man, the child don't even know the most high. I got to teach him. It says, and the heart of the children to their fathers. And you know what? The most high going to put the spirit on the child to where the child wants to learn about the most high. The child is going to be enthused about learning about the most high. And I don't know about y'all, man, but it'd be amazing me. And I used to think this. Man, this this is too confusing for them. They're never going to understand this. Then I started teaching them. And, man, they understand a hell of a lot more than what I thought they was going to understand. And you know what that'd be? That'd be the most high putting that spirit on them. The spirit's already in them to learn the most high. This is what we're reading now. I'm going to read this again. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers, from the mind of the fathers, to the children. So where the fathers say, man, let me teach my kids. And the heart of the children to the fathers, so where the kids will be receptive to the knowledge that the daddy's teaching. Lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Like I said, man, the mercy of the Most High, he always gives, uh, gives us a way back to him. Psalms 136. And I know we usually use that scripture to show reincarnation and how uh, Elijah has been back, which is true. He's been back several times over, man, because we're learning about the most high. Psalms chapter 136. Man, I didn't even put the verse. Come on, Father. Okay, okay, that okay. Let's read, y'all. Verse one. All give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good; for His mercy endure forever. All give thanks unto the unto God, unto the God of the gods, unto the God of the gods, for His mercy endures forever. All give thanks to the Lord of lords, for His mercy endures forever. To Him who alone doeth great wonders, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that by wisdom made the heavens, for his mercy endureth forever. Verse 6. To him that stretched out the earth above the waters, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that made great lights, for his mercy endureth forever. The sun to rule by day, for his mercy endureth forever. The moon and the stars to rule by night, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that smote Egypt in their first in their first in their firstborn, for his mercy endure forever. 
and brought out Israel. This is the part I'm going to get to, y'all. So this is history, all history. And we're in the Psalms of David. David wrote this. And brought out Israel from among them for his mercy endure forever. With a strong hand and with a stretched out arm for his mercy endure forever. And the reason I'm reading this, man, because what is David doing but reminding us of first he talked about Genesis chapters uh, 1, how the Most High created everything. Now he sped, he, he sped fast forwarded to when the Most High brought his people, the Israelites, out of the land of Egypt. It says to him, which divided the Red Sea into parts, reminding us of what? Our escape from the Egyptians by way of the Most High dividing the Red Sea was mercy endure forever. And may Israel pass through the midst of it for his mercy endure forever. But overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea for his mercy endure forever. And he's breaking down and naming all the accomplishments, all the wonderful things that the Most High had done for his people, man. So we don't what? So we don't forget. For you holy rollers, you religious folk, y'all at least got this part right. Because they give y'all half a Bible. What is it? Psalms, uh, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and New Testament? Y'all at least got this part. <laughs> anyway, verse 16. To him which led his people through the wilderness, for his mercy endure forever. Look, this is our history. David here is taking us on a history lesson, crash course in Israelite history. Verse 17. To him which smote great kings, for his mercy endure forever. And, shoe f- and slew famous kings for his mercy endure forever. Now listen, listen to how he how specific he gets because he's just making vague statements till he gets to verse nineteen. Listen to this: Shihon, king of the Amorites, for his mercy endure forever. This is one of the kings you can read about in Numbers the twenty first chapter that the Most High had us slew. Verse twenty, and Og, the king of Bashan. For his mercy endure forever another king. And this matter of fact, this king, Og, and uh, I believe I'm accurate on this, this is uh, where Ruda, I'm sorry, I'm tripping, where uh, Reuben, Reuben, Gad, and half the tribe of Manasseh took the lands on the other side of Jordan. The king, they took King Og out, and they kept those lands. Verse twenty-one, and gave the, and gave their land for an, yeah, it is. It says and gave their land for an inheritance, because that's who inherited uh, Reuben, Gad, and half the tribes of Manasseh inherited King Og's lands. It says, uh, for his mercy endure forever, even inheritance unto Israel his servant. For his mercy endure forever. Who remembered us in our lowest state for his mercy endure forever and have redeemed us from our enemies for his mercy endure forever. Who giveth food to all flesh for his mercy endure forever. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord God of heaven for his mercy endure forever. So that was David. Running down our history Now watch this It don't change Let's go to the book of Acts Chapter 7 This is all throughout the Bible man We're constantly being reminded Of the most high His mercy His goodness 
and what he's done for us. So Acts chapter 7, verse 1. Then said the high priest, are these things so? And he said, men and brethren, when the fathers hearken, the God of glory appeared unto our fathers. Now this is Stephen. Now listen to what Stephen's about to break down. The God of glory appeared unto our fathers, our father Abraham, when he was in Mesopotamia, before he dwelt in Sharon, and said unto him, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred, and come into the land which I shall shew thee. This is Genesis chapter 12 in the New Testament. Stephen doing what? Reminding us of our heritage. Verse 4. Then came he out to the land of the Chaldeans and dwelt in Sharon, and from thence, when his father was dead, he removed him into, into this land wherein ye now dwell. <laughs> Listen to what he's saying. The land you're in right now is the same land that our forefather Abraham was in. And he gave him that inheritance in it. But when Abraham was there, he didn't get the land. No, not so much as to set his foot on. Yet he promised that he would give it to him for a possession and to his seed after him, when as yet he had no child. And he did. He promised that. You read it in Genesis, verse 6. And God spake on this wise, that its seed should sojourn in the strange land, and that they should bring them into bondage and entreat them evil for 100 years. This is Exodus, y'all, he's talking about. This is what happened to us in Exodus. Verse 7, and the nation to whom they shall be in bondage will I judge, said God, and after that shall they come forth and serve me in this place. So it's talking about us going to captivity in Egypt, the exodus out of Egypt, and how we're going to serve the most high when we came out. Now watch this, verse 8. And he gave him the covenant of circumcision and, talking about Abraham, and so Abraham begot Isaac and circumcised him the eighth day, and Isaac begot Jacob, and Jacob begot the twelve patriarchs. Listen to how he's running down our history, man. But this same way we're supposed to be doing what? Running our history down to our children. This theme is consistent all throughout the Bible. And the patriarchs moved with envy, sold Joseph into Egypt. But God was with him and delivered him out of his affliction and gave him favor and wisdom in the sight of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he made him governor over Egypt and all his house. Now there came a, dr a dread over all the land of Egypt and uh, Canaan and great affliction. And our fathers found no substance. So this is talking, no substance. Uh, this is talking about when it was that famine in the land of Canaan. And Joseph had already been in Egypt because, remember, uh, we sold him to, in slavery into Egypt. So this is what it's talking about, verse 12. But when Jacob heard that there was corn in Egypt, he sent out our fathers first. <laughs> And at the second time, Joseph was made known to his brethren, and Joseph's kindred was made known unto Pharaoh. Then sent Joseph 
and called his father Jacob to him and all his kindred, three score and 15 souls, man. Wow. So this is running down our history. Like I said, once again, when we went, when Joseph, our, for, our forefather, uh, was in Egypt and during the famine, and the patriarchs, the rest of the tribes, came into Egypt and ate, ate real good and stayed in Egypt, verse 15. So Jacob went down into Egypt and died. And, I'm sorry, and died. And our fathers and and were carried over into Shechem and laid in the sepulchre that Abraham bought for a sum of money of the sons of Emor, the father of uh, Shechem. But when the time of the promise drew nigh, which God had sworn to Abraham, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt. And we already read this, but look how much history this brother is covering. He's covering hundreds of years of history. Verse 18, till another king arose which knew not Joseph. The same dealt subtly with our kindred and evil and treated our, and evil and treated our fathers so that they cast out their young children to the end they might not live. Now this is uh, Exodus chapter 1 when the Egyptians was killing Israelite babies. Verse 20, in which time Moses was born and was exceedingly fair and nursed up in his father's house three months. Man, this brother is dropping all history. I didn't know Moses was there three months with his uh, mama. Verse 21, and when he was cast out, Pharaoh's daughter took him, took him up, and nourished him for her own son. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and in deeds. And when he was full 40 years old, it came, it came unto, unto his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended him and avenged him that was oppressed and smote the Egyptians. Man, I'm, listen, this brother's doing an excellent job of recounting our history, crash course as it is, but man, very detailed still. Verse 25, for he supposed his brethren would have understood how that God by his hand would deliver them, but they understood not. And the next day he shewed himself unto them as they strove and would have set them at one again, saying, Sirs, ye brethren, why do ye wrong one, one to another? But he that did his neighbor wrong thrust him away, saying, Who made thee a ruler and a judge over us? Wilt thou kill me as thou didst the Egyptian yesterday? Man, like I said, brother, did an excellent job. You're counting this history. Verse 29. Then fled Moses at this time, at this same, and was a stranger in the land of Midian, where he begot two sons. So, so this is when Moses left Egypt the first time, went to the land of Midian, had his children, verse 30. And when 40 years were expired, there appeared to him in the wilderness of Mount Sinai, angel of the Lord, in a flame of fire in a bush. When Moses saw it, he wondered at the, at the sight, and as he drew near to behold it, the voice of the Lord came unto him, saying, I am the God of thy fathers, the God of Abraham, 
and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. Then Moses trembled and and durst and durst not behold. Verse thirty three. Then said the Lord to him, Put off thy shoes from thy feet, for the place where thou standest is holy ground. Verse thirty four. I have seen, I have seen the affliction of my people, which is in Egypt, and I have heard their groaning, and am come down to deliver them. And now come I, and now, I'm sorry, and now come, I will send thee into Egypt. So this even covered when Moses was sent back into Egypt to deliver us out of Egypt from bondage, verse 35. This Moses, whom they refused, saying, who made thee a ruler and a judge, the same did God send to be a ruler and a deliverer by the hand of the angel which appeared to him in the bush. Verse 36. He brought them out after that he had shewed wonders and signs in the land of Egypt, talking about the ten plagues the Most High hit Egypt with, and in the Red Sea, and in the wilderness 40 years. And then we just read the exact same thing in Psalms we just read the exact same thing, Psalm chapter 136, y'all. Like I said, this is continuous all throughout the Bible, verse 37. This is that Moses, which said unto the children of Israel, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise unto you of your brethren, like unto me. Him shall ye hear. That's Deuteronomy. Verse 38. This is he that was in the church in the wilderness, what church that was in the wilderness? Once again, the word church meaning, uh, the root word church meaning congregation. Congregation is a gathering of people, the only people historically that have ever gathered under the Most High has been the Israelites. So by the time you get to the New Testament and you see the word church being mentioned, it's talking about who? <laughs> Those same Israelites. So we're in Acts chapter 7, verse 38 again. You got it? Read this one now. This is she that was in the church in the wilderness with the angel which spake to him in the Mount Sinai and with our fathers who received the lively oracles to give unto us. Moses. And he's talking about when Moses went up and got the commandments and he came, he came down off the, off the mountain with the commandments and delivered them to us. Read. To whom our fathers would not obey but <laughs> from them and in their hearts turned back again into Egypt. Talking about all the bickering back and forth that the Israelites would do with Moses after we left out of Egypt, wanting to go back into Egypt. So talking about Korah and Dathan and all the niggas that kept coming against Moses. All the history this brother tells him, read. Saying unto Aaron, make us gods to go before us. For as for this Moses, which brought us out of the land of Egypt, we what not what is become of him. Read. And they made a calf in those days. Talking about what Aaron made the golden calf. Going back to Exodus, read. And offered sacrifice unto the idols, and rejoiced in the work of their own hands. Read. Then God turned and gave them up to worship the host of heaven, as it is written in the book of the prophets. Mm-hmm. O ye house of Israel. Have ye offered to me slain beasts and sacrifices by the space of forty years in the wilderness? Three. Yea, ye took up the tabernacle of Moloch 
and the star of your God, Rimfan. So we fell into idolatry, was worshiping these other gods. Three. Figures which ye made to worship them, and I will carry you away beyond Babylon. So, wow, he's, he's getting how the Most High predicted us going into captivity under the Babylonians around 586 B.C. Read. Our fathers had the tabernacle of witness in the wilderness, as he had appointed, seeking unto Moses that he should make it according to the fashion that he had seen. Right. This was the Sabbath reading, too, y'all. I believe last weekend when the Most High gave Moses the blueprint of how to build a tabernacle. But this is what Stephen in the New Testament, mind you, is recounting. How did he know all this history? It was taught to him. Read. Which also our fathers that came after brought in with Jesus into the possession. Now that Jesus right there, y'all, is talking about Joseph. I'm sorry, not Joseph. Um, Joshua. That's talking about Joshua. Read. Into the possession of the Gentiles, whom God... Because remember, after Moses died, Joshua brought us in to the promised land. And that's why he says, into the possession of the Gentiles. Read on. Whom God drave out before the face of our fathers unto the days of David. Right. So it's talking about Joshua's conquest. Then it says, until the days of David. And David came in, and David continued the conquest that was not finished by the Israelites. I don't know if y'all knew this. This is why David was killing all the Philistines and stuff, because he was continuing the mission the Most High had sent us on way back during the time of Joshua. He was continuing our expansion of land. Verse 46, read. Who found favor before God and desired to find a tabernacle for the God of Jacob. And he went going to how David wanted to build a most high tabernacle. <laughs> the, I'm sorry, wanted to build a most high temple. It says tabernacle, basically means house. But remember, we had the tabernacle in the wilderness, but David was the one that wanted to build a most high uh, actual place that didn't move because the tabernacle would move. And that was going to be in Jerusalem, which was the first temple. This is what the brothers talk about. Read on. But Solomon built him in house. But he's letting us know. No, David didn't build it. Solomon built it. Read. Howbeit the most high dwelleth not in temples made with hands, as saith the prophet. Heaven is my throne, and earth is my footstool. Mm-hmm. What house will ye build me? Now, now he's quoting the prophet. This is from Isaiah. <laughs> Read. The Lord. Or what is the place of my rest? Hath not my hand made all these things? This brother, this brother had been taught all of these things. Once again, he's given the Israelites a crash course in our own history. Read. Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost, once again, is the Bible, the word of the Most High. Read. As your fathers did, so do ye. And he's letting us know, man, this ain't nothing new with us. <laughs> Our ancestors did the exact same thing. Our ancestors were stiff-necked also. Our ancestors were uncircumcised in mind too, dirty in mind also. Read on. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? It, it, and he's quoting... Uh, matter of fact, not quoting, but actually uh, 
refreshing our memories to all the prophets that we persecuted, the prophet Jeremiah, who was up in the dam with all the dirty rags and the, the murk that came all the way up to his neck, talking about uh, all the other prophets that we persecuted and was had on the run trying to kill him. To where, uh, who's Ezekiel? He said, what, nobody left but him. <laughs> this is what he's saying. Read it again. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them which shewed before of the coming of the just one. And we killed prophets. Read. Of whom ye have been now the betrayers and murderers. When he says just one, he's talking about Christ. Like, man, y'all killed the prophets? Like just like y'all killed Christ, he's 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 speeding it up to this day and time to show to show us what y'all the same people and this is the problem y'all always had. You keep going against the Most High. You keep not teaching the Most High. We keep not learning from our mistakes. Once again, that's the definition of insanity. Read. Who have received the law by the disposition of angels and have not kept it. Us, read. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. We was what? Cut to the heart. Read. And they gnashed on him with their teeth. Now, how mad you got to be? How hurt, how hurt your feelings got to be to start biting on somebody? That's what it's talking about. When it says they gnashed on him with their teeth, they start biting on him. For telling, for telling them the truth about themselves. No different than this day and age. We do the same thing by way of mouth. It might not get that physical where you actually biting on somebody, but you would do, do a lot of backbiting, a lot of back talking. Let's get Acts chapter 13. And story verse 15. So that was Stephen giving us history. Now watch this. And after the reading of the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent unto them saying, ye men and brethren, if ye have any word of exhortation for the people, say on. So they were at the synagogue where we, we, we would learn, get our learning on that. And he said, man, if anybody got anything to say, stand up and say it on. Exhort the people, inspire the people, read. Then Paul stood up and beckoning with his hand said, Men of Israel, and ye that fear God, give audience. So Paul stood up. I got something to say. Listen up, men of Israel, read. The God of this people of Israel chose our fathers and exalted the people when they dwelt as strangers in the land of Egypt. What is this but history? He said, our dad, our dad, our father, the most high, lift us up over the Egyptians. Read. And with an high arm brought he them out of it. Exodus, once again, read. And about the time of 40 years suffered he their manners in the wilderness. Talking about us being in the wilderness 40 years. That's what he's talking about. Read. And when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he divided their land to them by lot. Deuteronomy chapter 7. Read. And after that, he gave unto them judges about the space of 450 years until Samuel the prophet. What is he talking about? The book of Judges. Hope y'all see this. Read. 
And afterward they desired a king. And God gave unto them Saul, the son of Sis, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, by the space of 40 years. And Saul ruled for you. Look at, look at the history he's breaking down. Read. And when he had removed him, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. Now this is how he speed it up. Read. Of this man's seed hath God, according to his promise, raised unto Israel a Savior, Jesus. So he broke the history down and said, man, Christ came out of the loins of David. Read. When John had first preached before his coming the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel, and as John fulfilled his course, he said, Whom think ye that I am? I am not he, but behold, there cometh one after me, whose shoes of his feet I am not worthy to loose. Men and brethren, children of the stock of Abraham, and whosoever among you feareth God, to you is the word of this salvation sent. Y'all see how this is about a nationality? We just got two different examples of, in the New Testament, mind you, of Israelites giving a crash course of our history. And telling telling our nation what this is really about, man. It's about us serving the Most High. Serving the Most High through what? Through continually teaching his word to our people, especially our children. Hope y'all seeing this. Let's get Luke chapter 18. And I want you to start at verse 15. And they brought unto him also infants. So the him is Christ. So they brought infants, little babies, unto Christ. Read. That he would touch them. Mm -hmm. But when his disciples saw it, they rebuked them. His disciples checked other Israelites that they was bringing babies to Christ. They're like, get them crying babies about here. Won't be bothered with no babies. Read. But Jesus called them unto him and said, This is what Christ said. Suffer little children to come unto me, and forbid them not. He said, man, you better leave them kids alone. Let them come to me. Now, why does he say this, Read. For of such is the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom of God is like this, man. You have to accept the most high's will, the most word, his determination, you have to accept it like a child. You have to be moldable. That's what a child, a child is moldable. And if people tell you all the time, too, children soak things up like what? Like a sponge, meaning they're moldable. Verse 17. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child. Whoever is not moldable, whoever the most high cannot work with because they got their opinion or they, I'm set in my ways. I ain't changing for nobody. This is me. Take me, take it or leave it. Read. Shall in no wise enter therein. Guess what? You ain't going to make it. You and your set in your ways and your high opinion and 
this is me, take me, set me for who I am, you're not going to make it. Read. certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Now listen to this. He's like, Mom, I want to get to the kingdom. How am I going to get there? Now he already told his disciples, we already read that in verses 16, 17. Now listen to what he tell him. Read. And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? None is good save one that is God. Thou knowest the commandment, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor thy father and thy mother. He ran the commandments off. He said, man, you know the commandments. You know this. How, how did Christ know he knew this? Because he was talking to an Israelite that was taught by his parents the commandments. Read. And he said, all these have I kept from my youth up. What did this Israelite tell Christ? All these have I kept from my youth up. Like the sister talked about in Second uh, Maccabees, chapter 7, when she said that she suffered through the education of uh, educating her children. What was she teaching them? The commandments. This brother was no different. He, I learned the commandments from my youth up. Knee high to a grasshopper. Now watch this right here, read. Now when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, Yet lackest thou one thing. He said, Yeah, you kept the commandments, which is good, but you still lack. Now what is it that he's still lacking? Read. Sell all that thou hast and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. Now remember, it said that this dude let me go back, was a ruler. This dude was a ruler, and he was of age. Now listen to what Christ told him to do. He said, sell all that thou hast and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. So basically Christ is showing him a totally different way of doing things other than what he's used to, other than what He's accustomed to. Other than him being set in his ways and the way he's been doing things, Christ is showing him another way. Now listen to this. Read. And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. And he didn't want to what? He didn't want to change that. <laughs> he didn't want to change, which makes him what? Un. Moldable. The Most High can't work with you. This is why Christ, remember what he told his disciples, unless they receive the kingdom of heaven as a little child, they ain't getting in. You have to be moldable. Children or what? They're moldable, y'all. You can teach them. They'll accept it. They'll do it. Grown-ups, though, a lot of us, uh-uh, we ain't changing for nobody. Read. I'm sorry, that was verse 23, right? Mm -hmm. All right, let's go to Isaiah 45 and 9 now. You got it? Yes, Read. Woe unto him that striveth with his maker. Read that again. 
Woe unto him that striveth with his maker. Nope, I ain't doing that. Nope, I'm gonna change. Nope, that's too much. Nope, I, be, I, I did all of that. Why well, I still got to do this? Why do I still have to humble down? Why do I still have to humiliate myself? Why do I still have to take love? This is what we be, man. We get so puffed up, like, oh, boy, we just read about the rich man. Like, no, I ain't doing that. I just keep the commandments then. <laughs> this is what we do. We don't want first place. I'll take second. <laughs> I hope y'all understand there is no second place in, in regards to the kingdom. Ain't no second place. There's first place. What Nelly say? I am number one. <laughs> two is not a winner. Two is not a winner, and three nobody remembers. <laughs> I'm number one. There is no second place in the kingdom, but we think it is. We be like, can I? Is there a lesser prize <laughs> I can get? <laughs> we gotta be a lesser prize. Read it again. Woe unto him that striveth with his maker. Woe. The word woe means destruction. You won't bend. You're set in your way. All that's coming to you is destruction. Read. Let the potsherds strive with the potsherds of the earth. Shall the clay say, say to him that fashioned it, what makest thou? The clay going to say, and who's the clay? Us. We're the clay. We're going to say to the most high, why you got to make me do that? Why I got to do that? I got to do something else? I got to I gotta change? I got to change again? I got. I just changed last week. I just changed. Come on, man. I'm comfortable. I don't want to change. I want things to stay the way they are. I'm, I'm cool. I'm good in my skin. Just because you ain't good in your skin. No me, I got I got to be changing because you ain't you ain't you ain't happy with you. Cause you ain't happy with you, don't mean I ain't happy with me. That's you. I'm okay though. Read it again. Let the potsherds strive with the potsherds of the earth. Shall the clay say to him that fashioned it, What makest thou? Or thy work, he hath no hands. Why I gotta do this? You know what? Let me put in. I know. I know you made me, but I think you made me to do this. You didn't really make me to do what you said, telling me to do. I, I can help out in this process. No. The Most High can't work with that. That's you being combative. It's passive as hell, but it's still combative. None. No. Nonetheless. Let's get Ezekiel chapter 4. I want you to start verse 1. Yep, 3. Thou also, son of man, take thee a tile and lay it before thee and portray upon it the city, even Jerusalem. So here's the most high telling Ezekiel basically to build a model of the city Jerusalem. Read. And lay siege against it. And he wants him to lay siege to the city. So pretend like this is the setup. The Most High always gives us an example of things. 
Build this city and pretend that the city is being sieged. Read. And build a fort against it and cast a mount against it. Set the camp also against it and set battering rams against it round about. So in this model, there's an army outside that set up a fort and got battering rams and the whole nine coming to seize the city. Read. Moreover, take thou unto thee an iron pen for a wall of iron between thee and the city. This is this is the model, Reed. And set thy face against it. <laughs> and turn your face against it, Reed. And it shall be besieged. And that's the most high given example. He turned his face away from us and let them seize the city, Reed. And thou shalt lay siege against it. This shall be a sign to the house of Israel. This was given for a sign, Reed. Lie thou also upon thy left side. And lay the iniquity of the house of Israel upon it. So he says, lay on your left side, and you're going to lay the iniquity of the house of Israel, talking about the northern kingdom. Read. According to the number of the days that thou shalt lie upon it, thou shalt bear their iniquity. Read. For I have laid upon thee the years of their iniquity. According to the number of the days, 390 days. So each day counted as one year. Read. So shalt thou bear the iniquity of the house of Israel. So he told him to lay on his side for 390 days, and this was to to, uh, symbolize the iniquity of the northern kingdom. Read. And when thou hast accomplished them, lie again on thy right side. So after you finish... The 390 days, now I want you to turn on your right side. Before he's on his left side, read. And thou shalt bear the iniquity of the house of Judah 40 days. So 40 days meant 40 years. He's going to lay on his uh, right side for 40 days, read. I have appointed thee each day for a year. Read. Therefore, thou shalt set thy face toward the siege of Jerusalem. Mm Mm-hmm. And thine arm shall be uncovered, and thou shalt prophesy against it. And behold, I will lay bands upon thee, and thou shalt not turn thee from one side to another, till thou hast ended the days of thy siege. Now listen to what he's telling them to do. Now if you land on on one side, what was it, 390 days? What do you think going to happen to you if you just land there on one side? You're going to start getting bad sores. Then you're going to lay on the other side for 40 days. Yeah, you're going to get bad sores. You're not going to be comfortable. Read. Verse 9. Take thou also unto thee wheat and barley and beans and lentils and millet and stitches and put them in one vessel and make thee bread thereof according to the number of the days that thou shalt lie upon thy side, three hundred and ninety days shalt thou eat thereof. Now he's giving them the meal he's going to eat. Read. And thy meat which thou shalt eat shall be by weight, twenty shekels a day. From time to time shalt thou eat it. And he got to weigh his food out <laughs> every day while laying on, the, on his side. Read. Thou shalt drink also water by measure, 
the sixth part of an hen. From time to time shalt thou drink. And he couldn't drink it when he wanted to, and he couldn't eat when he wanted to. Just from time to time. And everything had to be measured. This is a tedious process. Hell, you try to get somebody now to <laughs> to discipline themselves and clean their diet up and track their macros and weigh their food. They look, they look at you like you're crazy. But this is the most I was telling Ezekiel to do, read. And thou shalt eat it as barley cakes, and thou shalt bake it with dung. Thou shalt bake it with what? With dung. Yes, dung is poop, caca, manure, doo-doo. The most house telling them to eat doo-doo, read. That cometh out of man. Doo-doo that come out of a man. In their sight. Grown man funk, grown man dookie, read. And the Lord said, Even thus shall the children of Israel eat their defiled bread among the Gentiles, whither I will drive them. All of this for an example of what's going to happen to Israel. Now, let's see what Ezekiel said. Read. Then said I, Ah, Lord, behold, my soul hath not been polluted. For from my youth up, even till now, have I not eaten of that which dieth of itself, or is torn to pieces? Neither came there abominable, abominable flesh into my mouth. He says, from my youth up, I followed the dietary laws. Basically what he's saying. Read. Then he said unto me, Lo, I have given thee cow's dung for man's dung, and thou shalt prepare thy bread therewith. But he ain't said nothing about having to lay on his side. He ain't said nothing about moderating his food and measuring it and doing it from time to time. The only thing he had issue with was what? <laughs> Eating the poop. But he still was going to make the cakes, and the Most High gave him what? Cow's poop. But you see how he, he didn't have a complaint. That was the only thing. And that's understandable. Which shows you that Ezekiel was what? He was moldable like a child. You can tell him what to do, and he wouldn't fight it. He would just follow your instructions. This is what Christ was talking about. Accepting things as a child, then you'll get the kingdom. Accepting the most high's words and his instructions as a child, then you'll get the kingdom. This is how children are. They just accept your instructions. You know, the scriptures say, train up a child in the way they should go. Once they get old, they should not depart. You can train up a child in a bad way or a righteous way. It's up to you. So, y'all, that's a good place to stop. I know blog talking probably cut the listeners off that was listening on the phone. But we're going to come back next week and hopefully finish this class, y'all. We can, we can get into... Uh, more of the moldable thing, and um, go in depth a little bit, man, into the psyche of how we think and how we operate. Um, you got anything you want to say, Hasadai, to the people? I hope everybody got some edification out of the class. Hope you got some understanding. Uh, the water, everybody, for tuning in. The water, Mishabha, for looking at the broadcast. And until uh, next week, y'all, Lord willing, uh, we'll see y'all. We're going to go out to this. We're going to say what? Shalom. Shalom.